The following is a fourth-hand production. They say I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? This hysteria. You can't handle the truth. 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 Brain is gone. This is Hysteria 51. The truth is out there. It's alive. But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in, Hysteria Nation, to the podcast that doesn't always do good interviews. But when we do, we have no idea what to do with them. This is Hysteria 51. All right, hot shot. So you got a golden palomino between your knees and no rings. Now what? Broadcasting on tape delay from the lower fourth dimension, otherwise known as Chicago. I'm one of your hosts, Brent Hand, and tonight, kids, we've got a special treat for you. In a few weeks, after our 100th episode, we've got an episode coming up on AI or artificial intelligence. Well, we just interviewed a TV writer, producer, and creator who just put out a great web series addressing the lighter side of AI. And it just so happens this gentleman also created a TV series you might just be familiar with, MacGyver. So this interview was intended to be a smaller part of AI, but we had such a fun time with it that we thought we'd release it as its own episode. So if you hear us refer to the episode, just know you'll, you'll hear that in a few weeks. And there's also less Seabot in this part of it because we were interviewing him. So it's a win-win for everyone. Ooh, that's awful. On the positive side, it's even less work for me. So I'll take it. <laughs> Is that even possible for you to do less work? Challenge accepted. All right, man. You you do you, dude. Uh, anyway, well, without further ado, here's the interview with the creator of MacGyver, Lee Zlotoff. And Brent, we are proud, couldn't be more excited, exuberant, exuberant to be joined by uh, somebody who's probably, he's really slumming it by being on this show. Yeah, we had, before we had him on here, we had a little bit of audio uh, troubles, but luckily had an avocado four foot of of copper pipe and some Q-tips, and we got him back on the show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, if you don't know that reference, you will soon. We would like to welcome to the show the creator of the one and only MacGyver, Lee Zlotoff. Yes. Lee, thank you for joining us this afternoon. How are you doing today? I'm good, John. Brent, thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for <laughs> thanks for being on. Wait, I want to know what you did with the avocado. Never <laughs> That's none of your business, Lee. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> well, you've heard you've heard about powering things with a potato. Avocados have amazing power. You just don't know about it yet. That's right. That is absolutely right. So, Lee, we're having you join us today because we are talking artificial intelligence. But before yeah, we we're get... not here to talk MacGyver. Yeah, Though was, we will. That was just a uh, teaser. But before we get into that. Why don't you give our listeners just a little Reader's Digest on on you and, and how you started in the business and, and what you're up to today? Sure. Well, I, um, you know, like uh, like many writers uh, going into the entertainment business, I started by writing scripts and showing them to people. And people would say, oh, man, I'm not going to buy this script, but I'll I'll pay you to write something for me. So. <clears throat> And that was kind of how it started. I actually started in New York writing for a soap opera, which was a great gig, but not really what I was cut out to do at the end of the day and eventually migrated to, you know, Los Angeles, where I've been more or less for the last uh, 
I guess, 35 years before I relocated to, you know, the place where four out of five aliens land when they land, which is uh, New Mexico. <laughs> um, That's right. I mean, it's, it's just preferred. They're, I mean, Roswell, come on. Yeah, you know, we got yeah. a whole town. It's their own town now. So. You wanted to have your finger on the pulse so you knew where to go is what you're saying. Yeah, I think yeah. New Mexico must just have better alien hotels. Exactly. They, like on Alien Yelp, they just get better, force more, more stars. They give them a punch card every time nope. they land. So <laughs> third abductions free. One of those deals. <laughs> you know, I, I kind of when I got to uh, L.A., it took me about, oh, about three years before I kind of broke through. And then I got an offer to be a, a uh, you know, a staff writer on a TV series. And that led to, you know, a producing job on another TV series. And after about, I guess, two and a half or three years doing that, I was approved apparently by all the networks to write pilots. And uh, and the first pilot that came along turned out to be MacGyver. So, How you know, awesome is that? Yeah. That, yeah, absolutely. Which to go from we'll let you write something for us. We don't know what to a show that still lives in the cultural zeitgeist today. Right. Right. This many years after its premiere. And, you know, looking at your resume, uh, two shows that I remember distinctly as a, as a child because my parents watched them like crazy was uh, Hill Street Blues and Remington Steel. I saw that you worked on, and both of those were my pair, especially my father's, like favorites. Yeah, they, listen, they were great shows. I had a great time doing it, and um, you know, it 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 was just one of those things. Actually, your your listeners might be interested. I wasn't actually hired to write MacGyver. I was actually hired to write something else. Um, they had sold this idea to ABC and needed a writer, and they were very excited because they said, "Oh man, this." ABC loves this idea. It's never been done before. And so I got hired and I went in and I said, okay, cool. What is it? And they told me. And I said, hmm. And I asked a couple of questions. And then they said, what's wrong? And I said, well, you know, there's a reason this has never been done before. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and they said, what's that? I said, I don't think it's going to work. You know, now nobody likes to be told their baby's ugly. Um <laughs> But but I explained to them why what they had was not really workable for a television series. And they kind of got a little upset. And I said, listen, I don't have to be the one to write this, you know. And they went, no, 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 no. You got to fix it now. And it turned out that the fix was MacGyver. So, oh, very cool. Yeah. So, in fact, I MacGyvered that pilot to <laughs> MacGyver. My way to MacGyver. Right. So. <laughs> you MacGyvered the MacGyver. Uh, so, uh, so you're saying the original Phoenix Foundation was a male dance show review. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he, he was skirting that issue, if you <laughs> noticed. I, I'd like to say that, but no, it wasn't that. It wasn't that. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, uh, we want to we ask some more questions about MacGyver, but let's we'll save that till the end. Let's get into today's topic. Uh, we're talking about artificial intelligence, and you have a new series with a fantastic name. It uh, sums it up perfectly. A yeah. Absolutely. It's on the Santa Fe Network. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the series that addresses artificial intelligence? Sure. Well, the series is called Our Own Devices, and it's a series of uh, 12 uh, you know, webisodes. They range in length from only about a minute and 10 seconds to maybe three and a half minutes long, so they're really short. We asked the question, what if Siri and Alexa started talking to each other? You know, we've got these devices in our lives and, 
you know, they're supposed to be able to learn. And so we were sitting around one Thanksgiving dinner not that long ago, and and someone was complaining about what their Alexa was doing, and somebody else was complaining about what their Siri was doing. And, and I don't even remember who said, man, can you imagine if they started talking to each other? And I said, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, you flipped them a quarter and said, thanks for the idea. <laughs> and, uh, and so a friend of mine out here in uh, in Santa Fe is uh, Danny Rubin, who wrote uh, Groundhog Day. And oh, uh, I was having yeah. lunch with Danny, and I, I was telling him, I said, Danny, you know, I'm thinking of doing this little web series, and I told him what it was about, and he started laughing, and then he literally said, I could write the fuck out of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, okay, cool. And uh, and he said, you know, and I said, let's do it. And he said, okay, I can't remember the last time anybody I ever worked with from Hollywood just said, let's do it. You You're know, right. like, okay, let's do, let's write a proposal. Let's go to our agents. Let's start walking around Hollywood. And I said, like, no, nah, we don't need those people. Let's just do this. That's so awesome. let's yeah. just make it. Got his friend, uh, uh, Vicky Jensen, who co-directed uh, Shrek and uh, Shark's Tale. And uh, she came in for a couple of days to shoot it for us. And, um, you know, and we made it. And now it's on uh, Santa Fe Network. And that's just Santa Fe Network, one word, dot TV. And I think uh, I think most of the episodes are up. I think by next week, all 12 will be up. And it's like you said, it's so it's so easy and quick to consume. You know, it's a lot of fun. And you also realize uh, how, how bad that actually might be when they start uh, <laughs> right. not only talking, <laughs> but like, as you said, learning uh, from one another. It's funny, well, like everyone has these issues, like w my wife and I are guilty. We have Alexa's all over our house and we were watching TV. Oh, it's been a couple months ago. And all of a sudden, Alexa just goes, calling Cody. And that's my cousin. And it called. I didn't even know that was a function. I guess something that the TV said. And I'm like, no, 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 you know, computer off, computer off. And it, and it turns off. And my cousin calls me back and he's like, did you just call me? I'm like, not on purpose. I didn't mean to. Well, there was, you know, there was this article recently. I mean, once we started doing this, I kept seeing all these articles. And one of them was, you know, this, I think it was in the New York Times where this woman and her husband were having a conversation about one of his employees. And somehow Alexa understood her to be saying, A, record this conversation, and then B, send it to this employee. Oh, what a nightmare. <laughs> and, and and Alexa did that. And, and you know, she freaked out. And, and I'm that was sure it. he was and, saying, I really value David work. <laughs> you know, that, that's usually the, uh, the, the conversations you're having at home. And they called Amazon and they went, what the hell? And they went, well, see here, you said this and alexa thought that and then you said this and it's like well i don't care what alexa thought i didn't tell it to do anything but, <laughs> you know, that's right they're listening all the time you know but they do in this show you take a more lighthearted approach to it you know where they are they're working through just their own personal quandaries uh and and, and yeah life. they're more like hey you don't have to be so quick tell them you don't know Stuff yeah, like that. yeah yeah whereas most people's heads go jump to like death and destruction terminator yeah right, yeah right. terminator exactly which, which will which will bring up a question in a moment but but the one other question about the show the uh the other interesting thing i thought that that you did with it was Everything, it almost reminded me of Toy Story, the movie. Um, 
right. where the where the the inanimate objects are such the focus that you don't see the faces of the humans. Yeah, they that's are, what's cool. It's always it's are, that the, the people are shoulder li- down shot. The people are literally props, and uh, I thought it was, obviously it was a conscious decision. Oh yeah, so we decided okay, if they're going to be the focus of this thing, now let's face it, they they don't move a whole hell of a lot, you know? <laughs> yeah, you fools. I mean, Alexa, you know, just sits there, okay, and Siri can kind of move in and out a little bit, but um, um, <clears throat> so we said, okay, if this is going to work, we can see the humans moving around in the background, but they got to be out of focus, and whenever they get real close to talk to one of the devices, we cut them off at the neck, because if you see the humans then it's going to be about the humans. Right. And so you can hear the humans, you know, and of course, some of the stuff, as you say, Toy Story, it's like, what do these guys talk about when, like, we're not paying attention? And some of it, though, is they get involved, you know, there's a little romance going on in the background between the humans, and they start to insert themselves into that romance. No pun intended. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they they begin to kind of, you know, they screw with the people who own them, you know, and it's like, and it's like, wait, who just called me? Why did I get a text? Do you know this other woman? I mean, you know, they just so so it's like, um, so, yes, the decision was, how do you make them the stars? And the answer was, you just don't you, you can hear the humans and you you can sort of see their bodies and know they're there, but it's not about them. You keep the devices in the foreground, and we thought that would be kind of fun and an interesting challenge. You give the actors the uh, the Waylon Jennings Dukes of Hazard treatment, where you only see their hands and body and no faces. And yep, that's down. exactly right. That's exactly right. So to you know to bring it to current day, you know I, you started MacGyver a number of years ago. This is if you talk to you know the media uh, quote unquote you know thought leaders, this is the new way to do media. It's snackable. You know, it's yes. not uh, no one's forced to sit down for a half hour, hour short attention span. Theater. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. Because on the Santa Fe Network, we this is the first piece of our original programming. We launched this New Mexico streaming channel uh, about a year ago. And we said, OK, first year, we'll just sort of aggregate content that's out here. And then and then second year, we'll start producing our own content. But we decided it all has to be short. It's like. Well, let's make something for three minutes or five minutes, max 10 minutes long. Because if you can't find an audience that's for something that's 10 minutes long, what makes you think you're going to find it if it's a half hour or an hour long? And then you've well spent put. that money. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I find myself uh, going down those rabbit holes of, of shows like this and you, you find things like this and you watch one and all of a sudden I've watched every single one of them in one sitting and you're like, oh, man, I got to find something else. <laughs> yeah, Whereas it's, it's a lot harder to do when it's a half hour, hour, whatever it might be. And then sometimes, like you said, you, you you hit a lull and you burn out and you're no longer interested. Yeah, I'm working my way through the X-Files again right now. And there's <laughs> 224 episodes, yeah. I think. And they're an hour apiece. Yeah. I'm going to be at this a while. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that, or, that or, you know, just yeah. ah, damn we'll it and thrown month. away. You know? Talk to you in a month, John. Have yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He comes out sweating. My, and, <laughs> I'll tell you, my wife really by appreciates the way, it. No good divorce lawyer because by the time <laughs> you're done watching all those episodes, your wife probably left you. Yeah. So Very true. Yeah. Very true. That's not exactly, yeah, that's not exactly her, her favorite uh, no, genre. No, no. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about. Um, about AI in general, you know, there's there's uh, as we, we we mentioned earlier in this episode, there's basically two types of, of AI. There, uh, there's more what what Siri and Alexa currently are, 
which are what they call weak or narrow AI, and then there's the the eventual uh, the the eventual uh, what they call strong AI, or the, the and, and when it becomes the strong AI, it's when it can pass the Turing test or 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 fool us into thinking it is human. And we yeah. by <laughs> that's the scary AI. Don't yeah. use strong. They should just use scary. We're like, no, no, I'm nothing to see here. <laughs> I'm your friend. I'm your friend. And uh, well, according to what we know, we don't. That doesn't exist yet. What, did, did you, when you were creating the show, and just in general, obviously AI interests you. Otherwise, this 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 whole series wouldn't exist. Did you consider those and 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 how they impact you know where we are versus where we're going? Well, there's something you need to know about AI. AI is kind of a catch-all term that really just means. You know, new shit computers can do. Okay, <laughs> I, I mean, literally, you know, if you really kind of dig down and what they mean is, you know, how ultimately how fast can a machine actually learn? What is it learning? OK. And what does it do with what it's learning? And, you know, obviously this gets explored in, you know, lots of TV shows and movies and, Input. you know, yeah. what happens when when what appears to be a machine seems to sort of develop consciousness. OK. Right. I, I personally, I'm not really frightened of of AI. <laughs> I mean, because because at the end of the day, you know, um, we're we're building this stuff we can decide if it should have limits what those limits should be um and truth be told i'm i'm more afraid of humans than i am of machines you know <laughs> I, mean, I mean let's face it you know there have been numerous civilizations uh, on this planet and they tend to not last as long as they think they're going to last and and their downfalls are usually come from lots of, you know, lots of things, but it usually doesn't come from the technology they've created, whatever that technology happens to be. It usually comes because of their humanness, okay? And there are power struggles and resource issues and all those kinds of things. It's just as likely that, you know, if we allow these machines to do all the things they might be capable of, you know, they may help solve a lot of the problems that we are struggling with now as a civilization in terms of management of resources and waste and all that kind of stuff. So I, for one, I mean, I know it's it's easy to go right to that place of they're going to take over and eliminate us. Well, again, I think the likelihood is we'll probably – we're probably more likely to eliminate ourselves than yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. Hopefully we can eliminate us. Hopefully you know, we can find a way to to use them to live in harmony with ourselves and them, and then we don't hit that. But yeah, that's the that's the thing everyone worries about is we keep saying, well, what's the future going to hold? Well, let's make sure we can get to the future, you know, before we yeah, uh, we really worry exactly. about exactly. <clears throat> and it, you know, I'm actually working on a on a serious tech project using AI, um, but. It allows people, I mean, I'll give you just a hint of it, but essentially it has to do with allowing people to create personalized fiction that has applications in education, in self-help, in, you know, dealing with medical crisis, in entertainment. But the likelihood is, you know, we can interact with this AI and it can offer us the opportunity to change or improve as humans Rather than simply assume, oh, this stuff is going to go berserk and come back and kill us. Yeah, because you know? that is the 
has become the trope. That is what everyone just goes to, whether it's because of movies like The Terminator or The Matrix or because of, you know, people like, um, you know, Elon Musk and and uh, other scientists saying, hey, these are things we got to worry about. It is where people go to. And it's kind of well, refreshing to hear you talk about. No, there, there's so many other possibilities that we really need to be focusing on that's just the evil yeah i mean people but i think that's just because in fiction people love to look at the worst case scenario not the best case scenario uh it's i've heard interviews with actors producers and writers from the original star trek series who are working with gene gene roddenberry and uh you know star trek is the one future show where everything is written to be essentially utopia and the, the his big rule, and when they first started doing the original series, was no conflict, or no you know no battles, no but yeah. whatever. And all the rest of the writers were like, "Well, um, how how what how is this going to yeah. be entertaining?" So, in any so way? what should we do? What makes this interesting, Gene? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's cool that they can transport, but other than that, what yeah. what are we doing here? Yeah. And so yeah, I mean, for, and so we we often I think take. Take what happens in pop culture, you know, the movies, the TV shows, and just assume, well, that's the way it'll play out. And you know, a lot of times you don't even realize you're doing that. It's just right. one of those things where you you see it and it becomes ingrained in you and you go, oh, well, this is what's going to happen. And there's also, I think, just a um, – there's a, there's a jump that people make in their reasoning and their logic that is – that makes some sense, but it, it it's not 100 percent, and that is that – because we as humans have some negative qualities up to and including hurting the earth, that once the, 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 the machines, the artificial intelligence are smart enough to th- outthink us, they're going to realize, well, everything would be better off if the humans didn't exist. But that's it, it's like that's also like thinking about your your wacky uncle who drinks too much at the holidays. <laughs> Just like, kill him. It, no, yeah, I mean, get... <laughs> it's like, well, while there certainly are some ne- negative aspects to what he does, it doesn't mean that he needs to be wiped off the face of the planet. And if these machines truly are that intelligent or even conscious, they might realize that as well. Also, I think part of it is, let's face it, the rate of technology development is at this point, you know, not linear, it's geometric. Yes. Okay. I mean, what has happened literally in the last hundred years is is almost beyond comprehension if you consider how quickly the population of the world has grown in the last hundred years and and how much has changed as a result of these technologies. So I think some of it is also just a kind of understandable reaction to the pace of change. And it's like, you know, before you can really understand and adopt and, and kind of uh, integrate a technology, boom, a lamb along comes another technology. And you go, I don't even understand how the one I'm trying to integrate works. And now you're handing me another one. And I don't understand that. So it's evil. (laughs) Right. So I think it's just a kind of little bit of a freak out of this is all happening too fast. It can't end well. You know, (laughs) I am. All all I want to do is program this damn Palm Pilot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Palm Pilot. And uh, we're at war. (laughs) (laughs) How do we get there? And you think about it, okay, it's it's like most of these technologies, most of this AI stuff 
is designed to how can we get better at selling shit to people? Okay, so their goal is just to point. sell you stuff. All right, it's like they don't want to take over your life. They don't want to, you know, they just want to see if they can sell you things because you know we have built a consumer economy civilization of trade and markets and you know all that kind of stuff the so true so the ruler is named amazon and that's our that's our ai that we really need to be watching out for yeah i mean i think it's it's like okay so maybe you should just stop buying so much stuff and uh and then the technology becomes a little less frightening at least to me i mean you know let's just say I find it more intriguing and potentially exciting than I find it frightening. And and to the extent that it's frightening, it's either the way humans are going to react to it or or it's the way humans are going to abuse it. That to me is where the you know, is where the dangers are, not in the technology itself. Maybe I'm naive, you know, I don't pretend to understand all of these things, but you know, I mean, you just sort of look at the course of human development and the issue is rarely, you know, the technology. The well, issue is the us. So. I think I think you 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 kind of put a, a good cherry on top of it there. When you think about when you think about the every every problem we've ever had over the course of uh, of the history of this world, we like to go back and blame it on on uh, whether it could be the nuclear the bomb in in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Well, that was people doing that. Yeah, you know, yeah. every every step along the way, we've been the ones that have stuck our uh, stuck our foot in it. Except for maybe the asteroid yeah. that, that killed the uh, dinosaurs. But yeah. other than that, uh, it's been us putting. And our we're going to find out that future us went back in time and somehow and, and triggered shot that. off yeah. that asteroid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll, yeah, of course. Just give it time. We'll, be... uh, we'll figure that out. Hola, David. Me, I'm a Brent. Bonjour, uh, Brent. Je m'appelle David. You didn't do Spanish. I thought if we were going to do this together, we'd do the same language. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's uh, that's on brand for us. I, that, I I just thought romance languages yeah. was the key. Everything I say is romantic, and that is thanks to Rosetta Stone. <laughs> you guys, we, we've been touting these things forever. We love Rosetta Stone, and we actually are users. David, you've really been using it even for longer than I What's your experience been like? Oh, it's been great. The thing is, uh, you really get to learn how to speak and think in that language with it. So it's very high on pronunciation, too. So <laughs> you can, you know, learn how to speak. And, you know, our show is all about proper pronunciation. <laughs> in that pronunciation. Yeah, that's right. But it's it, they design it for long-term retention, you know. It, and, yeah. Uh, if you don't get the pronunciation right, you you say it until you do, and then you know that that just seeps into your head. Well, and that's why you know this has been trusted by experts for thirty years, and there's over twenty five different languages that you can learn, and people, millions and millions of users use it because, like you said, it does seep in, and you're using it with you know you get speech recognition, and mm-hmm. it, it hears you. You get to use like the built in true accent features that gives you this pronunciation, which is super convenient, and you can do it at your own time. And I don't know if you can know this, but I'm all about value. And you get a one-time purchase, 25 languages. If I learned all 25 languages, I'd be so confused or really cool. <laughs> I'd go in and out. But you'd be real marketable. But literally, though, this is something that we use. And we have both of us have given the seal of approval because we want to do this long term. And uh, it's something that uh, it works. You know, and we don't yeah. we don't do long term um, stuff like this, and this is this is the one that we've chosen, and we love it. So, all you guys got to do don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now, as we've told you a thousand times, and it's always now, right now. 
get now. started. For Larry, limited time, his Air 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. How much? 50%. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your unnatural life. Wow. Redeem, redeem, redeem. How do they do it? Rashate, you're oh. 50% off. <laughs> Rashate. <laughs> redeem it. 50% off. RosettaStone.com slash today. Do it today. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when Brent and I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, man, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Brent is trying to plan right now and says that it works like a charm from Chicago to Nashville as he makes his big old move. Mint Mobile is working for him. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So ditch the overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash hysteria. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash hysteria, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hysteria. $45 upfront payment required. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. But now, thank you for that. Before we let you go... We have sure. to we have to talk to you a little bit about uh, that other guy that we mentioned before, MacGyver, and 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 what a wow, what a um, what a, what a series, what a what a legacy. Um, so it's become uh, it's like whatever Einstein, yeah, whatever MacGyver, like that is a hell of a thing to permeate into the it's, the 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 cultural zeitgeist it's, has done. It's like become to put a, it. yeah, it's become a it's become a verb and a non proper noun. Yeah, 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 it's just. So how uh, tell us a little bit about the first the genesis of it, Lee? Like you, you said, you started writing the show. Um, how, how did it? How did tell us about that a little bit? So here's really kind of how it came to be. When I told them that the that the idea they had was not really workable, um, and they said you had to fix it. So I came up with a number of you know things, went into the network, and and they they rejected all of them. So I I finally in desperation. Got all my writer friends into a room. I locked the door. I had every inebriant they could have possibly wanted. <laughs> and I said, we're not leaving this room till I have a kick-ass idea to get me out of this pilot deal. Um, <laughs> and they said, well, what do you got? So I told them everything I had tried pitching to the network. I mean, you know, I'd had three or four network meetings at that point, And they went, nah, nah, you know. And I said, I got nothing. That's why you're here. I got absolutely nothing. And there was this long pause. And one of my writer friends said, yeah, okay, let's go with that. 
I said, let's go with what? They said, let's go with nothing. I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> and they said, well, look, man, you know, James Bond, you know, he, he gets all these toys from Q at the beginning. And Indiana Jones, he's got the hat and the gun and the whip. Our guy, he's got nothing. And there was another long pause. And I went, oh, my God, that's it. We send this guy, he's an action-adventure character, we send him in, and he's got nothing, and he's got to figure it out along the way. And I thought, ah, well, if we take the gun away from him and he can't shoot back, then he's got to figure out another way to solve the problem. So when nothing meant, let's take the gun away, too, no guns, all right? And he's going to have to figure out a way to solve the problem without that. And, 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 and then, you know... When I was like 10 or 11, my dad gave me a Swiss Army knife and said, keep this with you. It's the best tool you'll ever have. Mm -hmm. I suppose they've come out with Leatherman tools now, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. same deal, basically. Right, um, right. The duct tape showed up at some point. But the whole idea was, you know, instead of going in there and just blasting everybody away, he had to figure out another way of doing it. And it turned out, you know, because I looked at this um, – Years later, when I discovered that I, uh, by more accident than, than any planning, I ended up owning the rights to MacGyver, um, I said, why did this become so popular? Because it was sold in like 75 foreign countries, and it pretty much went yeah. nonstop for the last 32 years. So we're talking billions of people at this point, you know? Mm -hmm. And at number one... He didn't use a gun. Okay, whether you're for guns or against guns in this country, I, I'm not interested in that debate. The, I didn't do it out of moral reasons. I took the gun away at, for dramatic reasons, okay? Right. But the fact is most of the world's population doesn't have access to firearms and doesn't really want access to firearms. And that made this character kind of accessible. And then, of course, you know, that led to the ingenuity, the resourcefulness, the creativity, you know, MacGyvering stuff, right? <laughs> well, again, in Western or developed countries, we want something, we go to a store, we buy it. It breaks, we throw it out, we go buy another one. Most of the rest of the world, they looked at MacGyver and said, we do what this guy does every day just to survive. Yeah, all right. right? That's really good point. And so they went, we dig this guy because – we know what this is. We do it every day. All right. It's like what it's like when you hear the stories about Cuba keeping their cars moving yeah. what, what, ever since the fifties when nobody you know, since exp all the exporting and importing problems, yeah, you know, pieces of everything boats on them and everything. Yeah, you know, yeah, you yeah. Keep it going. Exactly. I mean, I who knows how they keep those cars going because but they do. Right. So and then and then no matter how sort of frightening or intractable the situation was macgyver always maintained a sense of humor and humility right he was always the smartest guy in the room he never acted like the smartest guy in the room you know james bond is like really smug you know oh shaken not stirred it's like get over yourself dude. you guys haven't had an empire in how long now you know but 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 macgyver was just like he's just the guy next door he just happens to know everything all right and I said, wow, those are really – I mean I realized those were the keys or what I call the MacGyver core values that made people all over the world just fall in love with this character. And and so you know, the more I looked at it, I said, you know, those aren't bad tools, management tools for the next you know, 
for this century because right, right. I got four grown children. I got four grandchildren, you know, not hard to imagine them having children. And I went, you know what? I'm going to bring MacGyver back on all these different platforms if I can. We're working on a big budget feature film with uh, Lionsgate. There's a new TV series on CBS. I'm an executive producer on yep. that. I have a book out called The MacGyver Secret, which is kind of a, you know, how to tap into your inner MacGyver to solve anything. So, And I've got a host of other MacGyver projects coming down the turnpike. Very nice. Very it's nice. like, you know what? It's like avoid conflict. Don't pick up a gun because conflict usually just leads to more conflict. Doesn't get you anywhere Two that resourcefulness, creativity, how do you turn what you have into what you need? Because we're all going to have to do that now. I mean, let's face it. We're a global civilization, okay? There is no country in the world, including the United States, that can say we have all the resources we'll ever need. We can roll up our borders. The rest of you can go to hell. We'll be just fine. Right. We can't, Nobody can do that anymore. anymore. We're all right. You're exactly right. Okay? It's and then and then, you know, OK, we all have these problems to deal with on a global basis helps to maintain a sense of humor and humility because a laughing and open mind is much more likely to come up with a really good solution than a frightened, angry or resentful mind. I, I don't know. I, I, you know, I think humans work their best when they're back to a quarter and terrified, you know, and, 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 and in masses. That's usually when we, you know, yeah. frightened masses have the best decision making skills I've found. <laughs> so, so, Lee, you know, one of the things that I've about MacGyver that I've always been curious about, you know, you and, and and others were in the writer's room coming up with these situations for him and then also coming up with how he would get out of them. Now, the layman like myself watches it and goes, wow, you know, you can use those four items to do this crazy thing uh, to help him get out of the situation, whatever the situation might be. When you were in the writer's room, were you using more kind of uh, just generic workman logic? Like, oh, yeah, this sounds like it would make sense. Or did you have scientists in there saying – or not scientists, but you know, learned people about physics and electronics and things saying, right. you know, this, right. is, this is how you would actually do that? One point of clarification. I, I wrote the pilot. I didn't uh, stay with or run the series. Uh, other people did that. Okay. Um, but when I wrote the pilot – I mean, I'm a kind of technical guy, but I went out and hired myself a consultant who knew <laughs> yeah, chemistry right. and physics and all that kind of stuff. Because I went, you know, I'm not a I'm not a techie, you know, I'm a writer, I'm a storyteller. And so and sure enough, when the series got picked up, I started getting calls from the writers going, man, how the hell did you do this stuff? We don't know this stuff. You know, the network wants the same thing you did in the pilot. We can't come up. I said, OK, calm down, calm down. For a and nominal I, fee, I can teach you. That's right. You know, I gave him the number of the guy and I said, hire this guy, make him a consultant, and he will help you. And that's exactly what they did. They probably had a bunch of consultants over the course of the years. I know they use consultants on the new MacGyver show. And the way it usually works is they kind of say, hey, we want to do something like this. What could we come up with? And my rule when I was writing the pilot was it doesn't have to be possible. It just has to be plausible. You know, it can't, yeah. it can't be Tony Stark, you know, where he throws his arm out and a, a robot forms itself around him and then he flops. <laughs> you know, Tony Stark's an engineer. OK, but, you know, to me, that's magic. You know, that's hearing. Yes. Uh, yes. And on and part of the, the joy of MacGyver was, hey, could could that really work? And you remember the show Mythbusters, you know, it's yeah. like 
their most popular episode was once a year they do a show like, okay, we're going to pull all these things from the MacGyver TV show and see if we they really work, you know? And some of them didn't, some of them didn't, but it had to be plausible. It didn't actually have to be possible. But the whole idea was call it situational awareness. Right. What, what do you have? What's around you and how could you do it? And then, you know, sometimes the consultants will say, well, if he was in this situation or if he was in this kind of a room, then there could be this, this, and this. And I go, oh, yeah, no, I can shift that. It doesn't have to be that kind of a room. It could be that kind of a room. You know, oh, we're in, is there a janitor's closet? Sure. <laughs> sure. There's a janitor's closet, you know. <laughs> oh, he's in this kind of a lab. Oh, he's got this kind, you know. I mean, and it, in some ways today it's, it's almost easier because so many things are, you know, electronic now, digital. Right. You would think that's going to make it harder. Actually, it makes it easier because you have all of these really interesting elements that are in cell phones or in cars or in, you know, whatever. So, so yes, so we use consultants and, and they still do now. And the consultants and the writers kind of work it back and forth until they get to that sweet spot where it, it, it's fun and it makes sense and it's plausible and it's, uh, you know, and it's cool to watch. Absolutely. And, and, you know, that you, it is cool to watch and it's been cool to watch for millions of people for the past, what, over 30 years now. My, you know, my final, my last question for you, with the ride that MacGyver has been from uh, you ideating the pilot all the way through to today, uh, and 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 working on the all of these projects so so many years later, what's been the most surprising or cool thing to happen, um, specifically as it relates to to your affiliation with MacGyver? Well, I guess I would say the coolest thing to happen keeps happening. And that is, I keep running into people. And when they learn that, you know, I created MacGyver or something to do with it, the stories they come to me with, like, oh, man, you know, I was in this situation, or I do stuff and everybody calls me MacGyver, or (laughs) that thing changed my life. I mean, I gave a talk at uh, JPL about my book, The MacGyver Secret, okay? JPL is the Jet Propulsion Laboratory in in Pasadena, you yeah, know, with yeah. design projects. You know, they're the ones who land the rovers on Mars oh, and, yes. you know, Voyager and all that stuff, okay? And and it blew me away. I mean, the, it gave the talk, and then they said, okay, we'll take a few questions. Well, the question period went on way too long, and when they cut it off, I said, you know, I'll stay here. And there was a line of like 50 people there and they came up and they didn't have questions. They just said, I want to thank you because I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for MacGyver. I figured you're going to say that. Like they saw that. Like, I want to, I want to be a part of this. I want to do that. That's all. Yeah. It's like, man, anybody, I got to learn how to do what this guy does. And I realized I got to go to college or I got to go to engineering school or, and I was just, I was blown away because realizing, I mean, I kind of know it as an intellectual fact that this has affected millions, if not tens of millions or billions of people. But the number of people who have come up to me and for one reason or another said, that show changed my life. I got to tell you guys, that just blows me away because, you know, you don't expect when you make a TV show that it's really going to change people's lives. And it, it does to this day. I went to an event here in Santa Fe last night. And, you know, at the end of the event, a woman came up to me and said, my son is a hotshot. That means he's the guy who goes in and fights forest fires, which, as you know, are all over the West right Right, now. Right. And 
And, you know, and she described an incident where he saved a bunch of people and she said they call him MacGyver. That was his favorite show growing up. I never do this, but would you be willing to take a picture with me? Because it would mean so much to him. And I said, of course, I'll take a picture with you, you know, but (laughs) this happens to me, you know, on a on a regular basis. And every time it happens, I'm just blown away that. It has meant so much to so many people. And I, and I have to imagine that even the people that you haven't had a chance to connect with, um, you can just see it for yourself. They don't need to tell you. You can just – I mean even oh, you watch, yeah, you watch right. uh, the, the book uh, The Martian. Andy Weir uh, wrote The Martian and then Matt, they made the Matt Damon movie. I mean right. everything that happens in that – everything that happens in that book and that movie – feels like uh here's macgyver in the next century in fact he, he says i'm gonna science the shit out of this he should have said that's I'm gonna right. macgyver the shit out of this yeah in an i believe in an interview andy weir basically said i wanted to do macgyver on mars oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect that's great well i think that's that's the perfect place to stop uh lee we, you've been more than generous with your time, and we couldn't thank you more for yes, it. Yes, yes, we really gr- greatly appreciate you coming on here and sharing My your pleasure, stories guys. with us. And, and it is a fantastic show, and we want to remind everyone, make sure you, you check out Santa Fe Network. They go to santafenetwork.tv and uh, ch- check out the new series. And, and Lee, where, where, else can they, where else can they find you in the... Uh, in the interwebs world. If you're interested in the in the book or I have an online video course, you can go to MacGyverSecret.com. And uh, and then we have a general MacGyver website called MacGyverGlobal.com. So, but, you know, but check out our own devices because uh, it's a lot of fun. It's the latest thing I've done. And, uh, and I think people will get a kick out of it. Absolutely. It is a blast. Everyone, go enjoy the show, Our Own Devices, Santa Fe Network. Lee's <laughs> Lodoff, thank you so much for your time. And uh, and we look forward to talking to you again over your next project. Super. Thanks, guys. Take care. It was terrible. It was just terrible. I'll never get over it as long as I live. That's it for another edition of Hysteria 51. John and Brent will be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored, and the unheard of. Oh, if it's unheard of, how will they know about it? Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts, or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite, join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation, or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.